Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. So let's pray, hey? Heavenly Father, we come to you, your word, and we thank you, Jesus is the word, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, you come and convict us of the word. I pray our hearts would be open to receive from you, and I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Don't be worried about these types of things that take place in our society, but we do need to address them. So this morning, it just so happens, my message is overcoming worry. Who's ever been worried? I mean, about anything. I mean, uh, I mean, I've been worried about the Broncos in the last few years, my football team, and finally they come good, so I'm not so worried anymore. Who's ever worried when they've seen a police car behind them? I've never worried about that because I'm a safe driver. But if you've worried, don't worry. So this is a a really, really important message for us this, this morning, a serious message about worry. So what I've done this morning, I'm going to give you a definition of worry and then we're going to look through different symptoms of worry and what causes worry and then we're going to look at the solution to worry. Is that good? Okay, now normally when I'm preaching I have three pages and this morning I have six pages. So we'll be out of here on time. Don't worry. Thank you. Don't worry. Very good. So here's the first thing I want you to know. Worry comes from an English word, and I hope I'm pronouncing this, and it's called wirigan. If we could throw that word up there. Is that how you would say that? How would you say that? Sorry, say that? Wurigan? Wurgan. Oh, that sounds good. Who said Wurgan? Ray, the wordsmith. Good. Wurgan. And that word actually means to strangle. What, what an incredible word. It means to strangle. So back in the day, that word meant when you worried, you, you, know, you, you feel strangled. In other words, your life is taken out of you. But the, the word worry has actually changed a little bit for today, and this is what it means for us today. Today, worry means to feel or cause to feel anxious. Who's ever been anxious about something? Yeah, of course, you know, anxious. Or troubled about an actual or potential problem. Ooh, an actual or potential problem. So you can see there it says 85 to 90% of what we worry about never takes place. 85 to 90%. Now, the reason why I've got 85% and 90% is this. One lot of researchers say that 85% of the things that we worried about actually never happened. And then another stack of researchers said, well, actually, it's 90%. Not 85, but 90%. But here's the problem. The 85% are worried that the 90% are right, and the 90% are worried that the 85% are 
are right. There's worry. They're worried about worry. How can you worry about worry? I don't know about you, but for me, the worry factor is actually a lot higher than that. I have found that 99% of the things that I worry about never actually happen. Can I give you an example of what happens to me as a pastor when maybe I say to you, hey, can I grab you for a moment and can you come and talk with me in the office? The first thing you do is what? Worry. Now, I said this a few weeks ago to Alyssa and what do you think Alyssa said to me straight away? What have I, what have I done wrong? Not just done, what have I done wrong? And all the way from here to the office, Alyssa is thinking this, what have I done wrong? I don't think I've done anything wrong. Maybe I've done something wrong. I know I shouldn't have fallen asleep when he was preaching, but it was a really long sermon. I don't, I, I don't think he noticed. Oh, uh, maybe I should have laughed at his jokes. A little bit more. They weren't that funny, but you know, maybe I can go. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I was talking to Brad, and I know he hates that when people are talking in his sermon when he's speaking. But I was just saying I'm going to the restroom. It wasn't really a conversation. It was just a statement. And this happens in our mind. Worry takes place from here to there, which is only probably a 10-second walk. And we have all these things that invade our mind about worrying. And so Alyssa came into the office and she sat down and I sat down and I said, Hey Alyssa, why do you look so worried? (laughs) And I said, I just wanted to thank you for for leading this morning. You did a fantastic job. And she went, Ah, is that right? That's true. But we do, we worry about things that we should never worry about. But I said to Alyssa, 99% of the things we worry about don't happen. And she said, well, pastor, it's the 1% that I'm worried about. (laughs) (laughs) But we do, we should never worry. Because that's what it does to it. You know, if you look there, it's things that are actual or potential that we worry about. So I want to give you some symptoms of worry. In case you're worried you don't have these symptoms... Here we go. These are clinical symptoms that they've found. The three most common outcomes of worry are this. Depression, anxiety, and stress. They're the three things. They're the symptoms when you feel depressed, when you feel like uh, you're anxious about something, or you're stressed about something. They're clinical things. There are other things that come with it as well. You can actually feel sleepless. You know, you have those moments when you can't sleep. If you've been worried about something, maybe an exam at school. Um, Maybe, you know, know, waking up to speak the next morning at work or do something like that. And you have a sleepless night because you're worried, because you're a little bit anxious. Also, uh, worry increases our blood pressure. And it can create stress on the heart. The other thing that worry does to us is actually you can have ulcers from worry. You know, that turning in your stomach and it's just, uh, they're the clinical things that can actually grab us. But I also want to give you some 
symptoms we get and we can find from Scripture, what Scripture says to us. Just so that we've got, you know, a, a balance from, you know, a clinical point of view, but also from Scripture. And here's the first one, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. And it says this, Worry weighs a person down. And it also says, an encouraging word cheers a person up. But worry weighs a person down. You feel that, that pressure of, ugh, it's a burden, it's a weight. And it's a weight in your soul and on your spirit, in your mind, in your will, and in your emotions. Worry is a weight. Here's another one. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 35. It says this, Watch out, don't let your hearts be dulled. Now that word there, dulled, is, is also a heaviness. But it says, don't let your heart be heavy by carousing and drunkenness and about the worries of life. The worries of life can pull you down. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap. Because worry is a trap and it can take you to places. As you're walking from here to somewhere else, you can have all these thoughts and they're not even real. They're potential. And here's another one in uh, Acts chapter 27, verse 33. Now, the scenario is this Paul has been on the boat with the people because, uh, you know, he, uh, sorry, that he's, uh, you know, going here and going there and was going to crash and all the rest of it. And this is what Paul says, just as the day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. So you can lose an appetite when you're worried. I, I mean, I've been like that. I don't, like, I don't want to eat. I just can't be bothered. I'm not interested. That's not the focus at the moment. Worry can cause you to lose your appetite because it becomes such a consuming thing in our life. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 to 7, Jesus gives us incredible skills to live life. I think it should be mandatory that we live with the thought of what takes place in Matthew chapter 5 to 7, how we're to live. And Jesus, he addresses the, the issue of worry five times in there, what worry is. And so we're going to look at that. And the interesting thing that I find about when I, when I was going through this and studying this and pondering it, the thing that Jesus spoke to concerning worry are the things that were 2,000 years ago that are still relevant today, today. Same type of issues of worry. So that's what we're going to do. Very similar things. We worry about similar things. And if we worried about similar things that happened 2,000 years ago, a different culture, different time, different history, it happens here, now, today, right around the world. And worry will stop you from getting to go where God's called you to go. It'll damage your relationships. It'll damage your relationship with self. So here we go. Causes of worry... Here's some that Jesus spoke of. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Look at this. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Don't worry about everyday life. That's pretty clear. Whether you have enough food and drink 
or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Everyday life, Jesus says to his disciples is this, food, drink and clothing. And he repeats that quite a few times in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, it's not that we, we don't have to think about eating, about taking care of ourselves and having clothes. Please wear clothes. That's what I say. But it's being obsessed with wearing these things. It's being obsessed about what we should eat. It's being obsessed about doing certain things. You know what happens in our house? Sometimes in our house, I go to the fridge and I open the fridge door and I look and it's full of food and then I say, there's nothing to eat. And then I close the fridge door and I go back and then five minutes later, I go back to the fridge and I open the fridge door and I look, thinking that maybe something from heaven would have dropped into there or someone from Uber Eats would have run up the stairs and put something in my fridge and I open the door and I go, there's still nothing to eat. Now, who has ever done that? Put your hand up. Be honest with me. Come on. You've gone to the fridge more than once in this period of half an hour. I see some smiling, but I don't see any hands responding. Not half an hour. Not half an hour. Okay. Fair enough. We're worried about food. You know, there's beans in the cupboard. That's why you've got to go to the cupboard, not the fridge. And clothes. Guys, have you ever gone to the clothes cupboard and opened the clothes cupboard and they're just about falling on you and you look at it, guys, and you say to yourself, there's nothing to wear. (laughs) Nothing to wear. I said, guys, there's nothing to wear. And, then, and you've got to close the cupboard door like this and then latch it. But we worry about stuff that we should never worry about. It's either real or perceived to be real. And that's where we come undone. So, don't worry. Here's another one for you. So we worry about everyday life. And the scripture is Matthew 6, verse 34. It says, so don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Potentially bad things, potentially, that can cause us to worry. The thought about the future causes us to worry. What's going to happen? It says that rumors are always going to create stress and anxiety in our life, folks. Listen to this scripture, Matthew 24, verse 6. And Jesus said this 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. And you will hear of wars and the threats of wars, but don't panic. You are going to hear these rumors, wars and threats of wars. Don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. But they end, but the end won't follow immediately. They're going to take place. Don't panic. Who remembers the Black Plague? Anyone here? Was that the 1600s? I think it was the 1600s. No? You remember that? Thank you, Tom. I see that hand. We'll pray for you later. Okay. Who, remem- who remembers the Spanish flu? 
No, we don't remember the Spanish flu. Does anyone remember? Oh, I always get this one mixed up. COVID-19. COVID Does anyone remember COVID-19? Yeah, we remember that. And guess what was going to happen? We were going to stay locked up in our houses forever. But you know, yesterday they put out a statement. It's all over. Thank you, World Health Organization, for letting us know that we now don't have to what? Worry. Aren't they good to us? Don't you worry. It's all over. It's finished, complete, done. Oh, wonderful. Can relax now. Who remembers the year 2000 when they were all worried that all of our money would disappear? Well, I tell you what, I was laughing because I had about $13.15 in the bank. Take it if you want. We're worried about things that are never going to happen. And we get ulcers and we can't sleep at night and we can't eat and we're dreaming. What's going to happen to me? Worry, worry, worry. But Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries about itself. Just focus on today. Don't worry. Here's another one. Matthew 7 verse 3. This is Jesus talking about stuff. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a big log in your own? We worry about our friends if they're not living the right way. Oh, Pastor Ken, I see that speck in your eye. Oh, I'm just really worried about if you're going to make it to be a Christian, brother. He's worried too. A speck. That's not what a friend does. Worries about things that our brothers are doing. But we worry, oh, sounds like a little bit more judgmental than worried to me. We worry about what other people are doing, other Christian folks. Mm, I don't know if they should be supporting that or doing that. Or I don't know. I'm just really worried about that. Mm. Dear, oh dear. Have a think of this. This is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Now, we never cover up sin. I want you to think about this. Who wrote that? Peter the Apostle. Peter the Apostle wrote this. And he's writing to people and saying to them, Hey, listen, no one's perfect. And if you've confessed your sin, then God's forgiven your sin. So why don't you just cover up that because it's got nothing to do with you. I'm not going to focus on what you've done. If you've, if you've made your life right with Christ, great. Do you think Peter make any mistakes in his life, in his Christian walk, being with Jesus, denying him and cursing at him, saying, I don't know him? And what does Jesus do? Forgives him and restores him? I wonder if Jesus ever said to Pete, Hey, Pete, do you remember that time that you denied me and cursed my name? I can guarantee you that never, ever happened. Ever. It's under the blood. God gets it and throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't even remember. So don't you worry about what your brother or your sister's done in the past. If they've confessed their sin and they've put their life right, it's done. If they haven't, then encourage them to go to God and ask God for forgiveness and to be made whole. But a friend 
covers up what you've done. Not as a cover-up, but so that it doesn't become a focus where it becomes a snare to them and stops them from living the life that God's called them to live. So we can worry about friends. Worry about friends. Here's another one that we can worry about. Psalm 37 verse 1. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Why would you worry about the wicked? Don't worry about the wicked. Just worry about yourself. That's enough. Pray for them. Tell them the truth. We don't worry about them. That's not our our job to worry about what they do. Our job is to pray for them and to love them and to be kind and generous towards them. You just focus on you and you let the Lord deal with that if it needs to be dealt with. Amen? Here's another one. Number five, causes of worry. 1 Peter 3.14 But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you. So don't worry or be afraid about threats. Don't worry about threats. If you're living for God, your conscience is clean, you're doing the right thing, and someone comes and threatens you because what are you doing? Don't be worried. Don't be worried about threats. Number six. There's a few of these, but I'm doing this so that we can get the big picture of how much worry can invade our life. Luke chapter 10, verse 41. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Engineers are not going to like this verse at all. I mean, worried about all these details. I can just imagine Martha in her house. I got Jesus coming. Jesus is coming. This is the guy that healed all the sick and the lame and made them talk. I got to get that tablecloth out. You know, the really good one, the one that's got the little trim around it. And Jesus is there. Oh, oh, I've got to get flowers, flowers, flowers. Jesus loves flowers. Remember he talked about, you know, different things. Oh, okay. Do I get lilies? Do I get carnations? Do I get roses? What do I do? Jesus says, what are you worried about? Don't worry about all the little details. Who's ever worried about details? It's just like details. When I was doing a degree, I never worried about commas. But I tell you what, those who were marking my page did. (laughs) I mean, we want to do it as best we can, but don't be worried about it. Let's just get the information out there, all right? Let's just do that. Don't be worried about details, the insignificant things in life that really don't matter in the scheme of life. Number seven. Oh, I love this one. This is classic. 1 Corinthians 7.21. Are you a slave? Because they had slaves in those days. Don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. You know how we take that and translate that into today's society? It's where you, where's your standing in, in society? Where do you think your standing is in society? And we think, oh, if I could only get to be a manager of a store. If only I could be the head engineer. Sorry, engineers, I'm giving you a bit of a towel in this morning. Oh, if only I could be the head this or the head that. And in our mind, we're worried about the position that we have and we want to climb the ladder to success. Do you know what's at the top of the ladder of success? Another ladder. 
That's why Paul says, are you a slave? Don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. In other words, if you've got the opportunity to get from here to go to there, go for it. But don't be worried about where you are in life. Because you as the person, you know what is important for you as a person? is how you treat other people. And how you care for other people. And the peace that you have. That's what's important. So don't worry about your standing in society. Number eight. And if worry can't accomplish little things like that, what's the use of worrying over big things? What's the use? So it doesn't matter if you're worrying about little things or if you're worrying about big things. You can't change it. You can't change the perspective of worry. It'll kill you. It'll take hold of you. It'll twist you. Little things as much as big things. That covers quite a bit, doesn't it? Little things. Would you agree with me? Are you awake? Little things and big things? Yep. Number nine. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Still in Sermon on the Mount, this one. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Look at that. All your worries. You know, people are obsessed with how long they want to live. But you, you can't do anything about it. You know, whether we like it or not, but we have a call update from this life to the next. And the Lord says, you're coming. On such and such a date and such and such a time, the call up is coming. And we go from this life to the next. Gee, I hope I'm... Oh, did I put the dishwasher in before I get called up? It's not going to make any difference at all. Did I feed the dog? It's not my problem. I'm not going to worry about that if I get called up. I'm going to feed the dog, but I'm not going to worry about the dog. Do you hear what I'm saying? Look at that. Here's the next one. Number 10. The seed that fell amongst the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. Worrying about life and the lure of wealth. Life and wealth. Some people are never happy, satisfied, content with how much they have. They will never be happy. They will never be content. Because they're always trying to go for it and get it. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. You know, in the scripture it says, you know what I want? Lord, I want enough that my belly would be full so that I praise you and never want enough so that I curse you. You just got to have that balance. But their worries, oh, I've got to have this, I've got to have that. The law of wealth, no fruits produced. So, how do you respond when you worry? I'm glad you asked, because I've got some answers for you from Scripture. Here we go. How do you respond when worry comes? First one is this, Ecclesiastes 11 verse 10a. Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, the wisest man that lived at that time. And this is what he says. So, 
Refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. Refuse to worry. You have to refuse to worry. I refuse to worry. It is a mental decision. As much as you choose to worry, you can choose not to worry. It's a decision of the mind. I'm not going to worry. I choose. I am not. I refuse to worry about what's going on. Do you know, we've all had events in our life that kind of can cause worry. The first time I went and I got a mole taken out of my body, I worried back in 1988. Some of you weren't even alive then. And I was in Bible college and they cut this thing out of my chest and they sent it to the doctors. And this is what I thought. Am I ever going to serve Jesus? If I die and this is cancerous, man, I'm going to quit Bible college and I'm going to go on the road. I'm going to preach on every street corner. At least I can lay some treasures up for myself in heaven. So when I get there, I won't have to worry that I don't have anything. You foolish Galatian. I worried about that. And then when I come back and it was negative, guess what? I'm happy. And then they took out another one and another one and another one. I think I've had about 20 of them out. Three of them have been melanomas. But now I'm not worried. Not worried. Why should I worry? Because God has not called me up yet. It's not the time. I have to refuse to worry. I'm not going to worry about that. That's under God's hand. That's under God's control. Refuse to worry. You've got to make it here before it becomes a reality out here. Refuse to worry. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, you know, there's some things that we should really worry about. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Just relax. All right? <laughs> Second thing is this. Matthew 6, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Here it is. Don't worry. Refuse to worry and don't worry. Who remembers Bobby McFerrin? No one remembers. Oh, we got one hand. These are the wise words of Bobby McFerrin. Let me quote them to you. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to... Oh, you remember that one? Oh, did you just wake up? Okay, all right. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. Yeah, don't worry. What's the point? What's the point of worrying? Now, we're going back a long, long time. Don't worry. Be happy. You're a believer in Christ. You don't have to worry. Thank you, Bobby. Bobby didn't even know he was being scriptural. That's what the Bible, Jesus said, don't worry about it. Okay, number three, don't worry about anything, okay? So anything, it really covers everything, all right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So here's the spiritual part. So we refuse to worry. We don't worry. And if we're still worried, what do we do? Pray. Pray. Pray about it. You've got to pray about it. 
Here's another one, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Do you know what happened in 2022? We had 400 millimeters of water right throughout the building. And I just said, Lord, help me. Help us get back in this building. I'm going to give you the care of it all. Because I can't fix it all. Give him your cares. You hand them to God. You've got to speak it out. Lord, I'm praying about this. Ha-ha, bang. I'm giving it to you. It's out of my capacity. That's, that's it. Give it to God. Tell him what it is. I give it to you. I trust you. Now, for all those who worried, thinking it's just as simple as refusing to worry and don't worrying and praying and, you know, also giving your cares, which all seems just a little bit, you know, out there, here's what we do when we are in worry. Let me read this to you. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. And we read part of the, the, the scripture, and this is what it says. As Jesus... And the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. This is Martha's home. Now, historians believe that Mary was also, and Lazarus, living in the house with her. Brothers and sisters, that's what they believe. But this is Martha's place. And her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, (laughs) doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Oh, can you hear her voice? You know, it just doesn't seem fair that I have to do all the work. And you're sitting at Jesus' feet. Thank you. Says this, tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, I love it when the Lord smacks us. It's good, isn't it? He gives us a... Ah, discipline is such a beautiful thing. But the Lord said to her, listen how Jesus... My dear Martha. It's not like Martha. It's my dear Martha. You are worried and upset over all the details. She, she was an engineer. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Underline that word concerned. This is the key. Mary has discovered it and it will be not taken away from her. So, we refuse to worry, we don't worry, we pray, we give our cares to God and we've got to move from worry to concern. Worry to concern. We have to make the transition when something really unpleasant is happening and potentially it can hurt us. You have to move from worry to concern. Now, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. So Jesus is speaking. Do you think Jesus is talking about the Broncos and the Bulldogs in football? Do you think he's talking about that? Help me out here. No, of course not. What do you think he's talking about? What did he always talk about? He talked about life. 
He gave principles. He warned people what they should do. He healed people. He encouraged people. He built them up. That's what he was doing. So Mary is sitting there listening and sitting at his feet, listening to everything he said, and she's taking it all in. But Martha, she's worried about all the details that are superfluous in the situation when Jesus is there. Because Mary was concerned about life, spiritual life, real life, eternal life. And Martha's in the same deal, in the same place. And what is she worried about? Physical stuff. Now, you can't tell me that Mary didn't know what was going on with Martha. Because she's seeing what Martha's doing. Oh, oh, I've got to get that tablecloth. Oh, I've got to get the flowers. Oh, oh, what glasses do I use? Oh, oh, oh. And it's all happening in the background. Have you been to someone's place and all, and all that stuff is happening in the background? You're just sitting there and you go, what the heck is going on here? I'm just trying to listen to what Jesus is saying to me. And I'm sucking it in. And she's over there because she was worried. But you know what? Mary's concerned about eternal life. Martha never got it. She didn't kick it into her. So here's the thing. Martha was worried about feeding the physical body and Mary was concerned about the eternal being, the better thing. That's the better thing. Worry focus on actual or potential problems and issues that create a negative emotions that control you. That's what worry does. Emotions that control you. But being concerned is to pay attention to the problem or the issue whether real or potential and not allowing negative emotions to control you. That's the difference. And so if you're in a situation and things are happening and you start to feel that worry, you've got to move from worry to concern. Because we can't be ignorant about what is taking place or what might take place, but we become concerned and we use our, our, all, all those things that God has told us about. Refuse to worry. Don't worry. I'm going to pray. I'm going to hand it to God. Now, God, give me that strategy that I might move forward in concern and not worry. That's what Jesus said. Look at that. My dear Martha, you're worried and upset about all these details of this life, really, that has no power for eternal consequences. There is only one thing worth being concerned about in life, and that Mary has discovered it. I don't know when it happened to Mary, but she discovered it, and she was concerned about her relationship with God, and Martha was concerned about her relationship with Jesus and how she could impress him. And Jesus wasn't worried about that at all. You have to move from worry to concern. Now, lastly... Remember this, Romans chapter 8, verse 39. And Paul says this, And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears today, nor our worries about tomorrow. How cool is that? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Worry cannot separate you from God. Because God's love is greater than that. 
And so when you come to that point of worry, be encouraged. This can't separate me from God. I can separate me from God. So I'm not going to be worried. I'm going to be concerned. I'm not going to be ignorant about what potentially can happen. And I'm going to move forward in that in the power of God. That's how you overcome worry. Would you stand with me this morning? Now, I know that there is a lot of stuff there, a lot of stuff about worry. So I really felt this uh, during the week that uh, we created an A5 flyer about all the scriptures in case you didn't get them and how to respond and what to remember. And so they're going to be out down the back there. Christina's going to hand them out, all right? And you can take them. Stick it in your Bible. Put it in your, you know, take a snapshot on your phone and keep it. And when you feel that stuff coming on you, you know what I mean. When it happens, go to it and say, wow, this is what I need to do. Because God doesn't want us to worry. Because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But he's given us power, love, and soundness of mind. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are online, but if you're online and you're worrying, we want to pray for you that worry would go, and you would move from worry to concern, because God is with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. So we're going to pray for those online, and then we're going to pray together here. Would that be okay? Heavenly Father, we pray for those who are online this morning. Lord, and we know that sometimes that the, these things that happen in our life, if it's jobs, if it's, if it's family members, if it's a sickness, Lord, we know that you don't want us to worry. And so I pray, God, that you would take that spirit of worry out of that person's heart right now in the name of Jesus. And God, that they would move from worry to concern. Thank you for joining us online and we will catch up with you real soon. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.